0: We are really almost at year-end time for this show, and along with the year-end festivities comes some pre-game type shit, and one of those uh, endeavors includes a. Thanksgiving week tradition that I didn't mean to ever become one but it kind of just did because I did this on a whim two years ago and I really liked it so I did it again last year and now guess what? I'm doing it again this year. So on this special episode I will be looking back at my top 50 songs from last year and just go through them 50 to 1 and kind of see you know maybe what my mindset was back then putting it in that spot and then if I still feel the same or feelings have changed or whatever the case might be so yeah that's what's going on today thank you so much thank you for tapping in and hope you guys enjoy this episode So, like I just said, I'm looking at my top 50 songs from last year. I know the list was 100 songs, but I'm not going to do 100 songs. I'm not going to sit here and run through 100 songs. I don't have that time. I don't have those resources right now. 50 is what the tradition started as, and that's what I will keep it going as. So, um... I'll link the playlist for last year in the description of this episode. And, you know, you guys can play along if you want to, if that's something you're interested in. If not, just listen to me waffle about what I believed last year were the absolute 50 best songs released of 2022. So, let's go. Number 50 was Coffin by Holding Absence. This was part of the split EP that they did with Alpha Wolf and Coffin. It really has just those intangible characteristics of holding absence that we've all come to know and love by this point it's so emotional and gripping while being captivating the course sounds massive it is this giant ready to explode sounding song and i just thought coffin did a really good job at capturing the essence of holding absence and that is something that we saw plenty of this year that's a hint stay tuned Number 49 was Separation Souvenir by Four In Hands. I could talk for fucking days by this point about Four Hands. They really caught me by surprise last year and continuously, every time they release new music, whether it had been last year or this year, I'm just so blown away by their act. I think Separation Souvenir, I don't think it was the first thing I heard by them, but it was just one of the first few. And it really made it to where, like, they left this imprint on my brain. They were so remarkable and unforgettable, and Separation Souvenir was, you know, one of the catalysts for that. So, a really enjoyable song. It actually might go up in the rankings, now that I think about it, but, you know, 49 is where we're at. Number 48 was Spiritual Ascension by Sharia Moore. Not many bands last year, in my opinion, had a better year than Sharia Moore the spiritual ascension album was a massive success in terms of establishing the band's sound and i think in contrast to that this song here the title track it was a a little bit of a of a a detour of sorts from their traditional sound because you had a song here that you know it it kept those elements of sharia more it's very catchy very energetic but it's a a little bit brooding and a little bit daunting sounding in its interpretation. It's kind of darker, it has like those undertones, and I really, really appreciate that about the song. I thought it's what helped make it stand out, and I was just a big fan of it, and I still am. Number 47 was Deep Cuts by Yumi at Six. This was the first single off of Truth Decay. I believe their first single as part of Rise Records, which is a really surprising move. At least it was surprising when it happened. And then I heard Deep Cuts, and... Just the execution of it was, and still is in my opinion, fucking flawless. I think Yumi at 6 really turned a corner in the last year, and Deep Cuts is kind of, you know, what helped lead to that. So, as somebody who has always wanted to see Yumi at 6 deliver the best quality material they can, I was in love with this song. And like I said, I still am. Number 46 was Playing With Bad Luck by Set It Off. I didn't mind elsewhere. If anything, I would actually say I really, really fucking liked it. I believe it did make Top 50 last year, and Playing With Bad Luck was my favorite song off of that record. Um, It's got, like, this really cool... Um, like acoustic guitar rhythm at the start of it and then that blossoms into this very fun and catchy sounding song I thought it was a great way for set it off to you know kind of play a little bit and not just with their strengths but also with some experimental elements per se and just playing with bad luck I I felt like was the quintessential moment and the standout moment off of Elsewhere. Number 45 was Honey on the Marrow by Gatherers so mutilator was one of the last few records i reviewed last year for the show it might have been the last now that i think about it but i I say that to say that there might have been some recency bias I, i do admit that but i stand by the impact that honey on the marrow had on me and just how fucking chilling it sounds and and in some areas like kind of gross and unsettling but i feel like It's not a successful gatherer song if it doesn't make me feel those types of ways. And Honey on the Marrow just gave me everything that I want to hear out of this band. And it was one of those types of songs that even though it came out really late into the year, I couldn't not give it its flowers. I couldn't not put it somewhere on the list because it really was that meaningful and impactful to me. Number 44 was The Idea by Black Bear. I've said so many times on this show, that I believe Black Bear is one of the most consistent artists that has ever lived. And I say it so many times because, so many times, he reiterates that to me through his music, and the idea was the biggest example of that last year. This song, it's a little bit of a, it's a little bit different than what he's normally done. It has like some pop-punk roots in it, but I feel like it all made for this very profound song that black bear is just you know pouring his heart into and in return i am able to like identify myself with the song i'm able to identify you know a lot of tear-jerking moments with this track and that's really what helped elevate it for myself and it's what helped keep it you know still part of my rotation to this day i fucking love the idea number 43 was lights and fire by wolves at the gate a, a little bit akin to what i said about A 6 earlier wolves at the gate is a band who Whenever they really do something remarkable, and whenever they're hooping, it's sensational to me. I feel like they're one of the bands where the the track record might not be perfect, it's not always consistent, but whenever they do fire, like I said, no pun intended to Lights and Fire, it's tremendous. Um, Lights and Fire was released very, very early into the year. It was like in the middle of January, but for me to have it this high on the list in December, I think that really shows like how meaningful it was to me and how much of an impact it had on me, how it was able to stick with me throughout all those months, and still to this day, I think Lights and Fire, you know, it's one of the best Wolves at the Gate song, at the very fucking least, my favorite song by them since uh, probably Relief from back in 2014. It's just such a good song, and I think it warranted its spot here. Number 42 was Hallucinate by Yours Truly featuring Josh Franceschi from You, me at Six. Yours truly had a banner year last year, and I say that as somebody who, you know, I've always championed them and I've always wanted them I've always wanted them to do well. But I don't really believe the output before 2022 really, you know, showcased that and really allowed them to be the excellent band I knew they could be. And then off of the Is This What I Look Like EP, they just shattered any expectations I could have ever fucking set for themselves. Hallucinate was one of those songs where it just felt like every element of this band was really coming together, and then the feature by Josh was kind of, you know, the exclamation point on it per se. um I, I love this song. I love yours truly, and I love Josh franceschi Number forty-one was "Riptide" by Baretooth, and I kind of have like a like a grin and a weird smile of sorts right now because I remember when I reviewed "Riptide" last year, I said something along the lines of. I hope this isn't a case of Beartooth having an excellent lead single, and then a mid-album. I'm smiling because I feel like that's kind of what ended up happening. Um, But no matter how I feel about the surface, Riptide might be the best Beartooth song of all time. It's just so energetic and anthemic. The teal-blue color palette for the artwork I thought was just a, a really cool way to make it stand out from anything they had done beforehand the video was excellent as well everything came together for Riptide perfectly and I do not regret having it this high on the list number 40 was Cracker Island by Gorillaz featuring Thundercat I believe this was the lead single for the Cracker Island album and it was the kind of song that really just put me in this very childlike mindset and frame of mind when it comes to The time period that I initially fell in love with Gorillaz in and the type of music that they were bringing me back then that nobody else really could. This song is just very catchy and the rhythm all throughout it, it makes it stand out, it makes it what it is. Specifically like the synth that goes on in the background right from the opening second. It's a remarkable song, an incredible track, one of my favorites ever by Gorillaz and I was really happy to be able to have it on this list last year. Number 39 was long shot by Slowly Slowly. I did not see enough love for Slowly Slowly last year or this year even. In my opinion, long shot was the magnum opus off of the Daisy Chain record. It's just got like this really this really cool groove and a vibe to it that is somehow soothing while being energetic while being very blissful all at once. It's just like this very crazy combination of ideas that really worked together so well they blend together really well and that's what made long shot rank this high on the list and i know i just said not enough people showed enough love to slowly slowly last year maybe i'm guilty of that too but i'm saying now that long shot is a fucking amazing song by an amazing band number 38 was abc by polyphia featuring sophia black The album, Remember That You Will Die, saw Polifia kind of venture into these different territories that they never had really before with guest vocal spots. And in my opinion, there was no spot on the record that made the ideas more captivating than ABC. ABC has a very, like, anime and kawaii type of a feel to it, and I think that's kind of what helped make it stand out. Um, you have the normal characteristics of Polyphia there instrumentally, just you know this um, amazing band with some of the most incredible musicians in the world, maybe the most incredible in Tim Henson's case, and then having Sophia layer her vocals over it—it it just really helped the sound stand out from anything else in Polyphia's discography. And for an instrumental band to be able to do that, I think that's insane. Number thirty-seven was EXO by Stan Atlantic. Stan Atlantic delivered on every front last year, coming off the record uh, "Fear," "Fuck Everything," and "Run." And for myself, one of the biggest reasons for that was EXO. I feel like this track, it really allowed the uh, like natural characteristics of San Atlantic to really shine through in terms of you know being catchy and infectious in all the right ways, but then also give EXO its own identity, because the song is a little bit darker in terms of its sound and atmosphere in comparison to everything else on the record, and I felt like that was the best way to make this song stand out, and it just really did a lot to help emphasize just how versatile South San Atlantic War last year. Number 36 was Debbie Downer by Lolo featuring Maggie Linneman. Two of my favorite solo artists who I get to talk about occasionally on here, I think they're just both really like rooted in a certain style of pop punk that I will always have this affinity for, and some of it is rooted in nostalgia, I admit that, But I think they take these certain dated sounds and ideas and push them forward. Lolo is a very commanding voice. The feature spot by Maggie here was just excellent. She really takes control of that second verse. And it it all helps Debbie Downer really blossom. And, you know, kind of antithetical to the name Debbie Downer. It's such an upbeat song. I can never be mad at anything when I'm hearing this track. Number 35 was Lucy by Wind Waker. In my opinion, the biggest highlight off of the Love Language album. And up to this point, I would say Lucy was the biggest showcasing in terms of being able to display and identify all of the strengths of Wind Waker. Because you have a song here that very easily could have fallen into, you know, the standard modern metalcore tropes but Wind Waker just did not allow that to happen at all. The verses are so well paced. The pre-chorus where the screaming comes in, it sets the stage so efficiently for the chorus that kind of just like soars into the sky and it feels larger than life. And Lucy is just this amazing song altogether that I believe really was like the moment where I turned a corner on Wind Waker and there was no way that I was going to forget that over the course of 2022 or even 2023 because I have gone back to this song a lot in the last couple of months. Number 34 was Take What You Need by Osatia. One of the most emotional tracks last year and I just felt like Take What You Need, it came out at a time in 2022 where I really needed to hear a track like this, a track that is so like raw and unapologetic in expressing the like dark and dire emotions that can come with certain life events and certain turmoils, and OzAsia uh, has kind of always been that sort of a band for me. I remember them doing that a couple years ago on the song Anxiety. You know, I just happened here right when I needed to, and, and the same thing with Take What You Need. I feel like osatia is a band who, for better or worse, and, and sometimes you know, for worse, definitely. Um, They kind of have their finger on the pulse of whatever it is that I'm going through and feeling, and I'm very, very thankful to have a band like that in my rotation, in my life, and Take What You Need is a song that I will never ever be able to forget the impact it had on me back then, and the impact that it continues to have on me to this day. Number 33 was Let Me Let You Go by 1OK Rock. I can say pretty definitively, at least for my own personal taste, that 1OK Rock may never be a band who delivers on a full album, but they will always be able to deliver these very euphoric moments when it comes to certain songs from theirs here and there. And Let Me Let You Go was the biggest example of that recently. I feel like this track, it's just very fun. And it's one of the songs where I can kind of just like sit back and not really feel like a care in the world. It lets me... Like, no pun intended to the song title, it lets me let go of certain shit that I need to kind of have lifted off my shoulders at any given moment, and I love this song for that reason, and again, it's just a really catchy song, and I fuck with it immensely. Number 32 was How Could You Do This To Me by Maggie Lindemann featuring Kellen Quinn of Sleeping A Sirens. This was a big deal for Maggie, because I had read in interviews with her before about the impact that a band like sleeping with sirens had on her and how much she looked up to kellen as a vocalist so for her to be able to get on a track with kellen for her debut full-length uh, sucker punch it really kind of allowed myself as a fan of maggie to see like goddamn, this woman has come so far in her career and it's definitely a treat to watch and How Could You Do This To Me was a treat to listen to because I feel like this song, it has this very energetic and, like, go-get-it pop-punk energy, and Kellen's verse acts as... This very cool, like, complimentary moment to Maggie's verse and chorus, but then also uh, a bit of a contrast just because their vocal styles are not really the same as one another. So you have this cool balancing act of sorts between the two vocals, and it just made for this really cool track. And one of my favorites that Maggie released last year, and probably at large, one of my favorites that Maggie has ever released in her career. Number 31 was Such a Shame by Static Dress there is no amount of loquacity that i can ever partake in that would emphasize and really like draw to you guys just how much this fucking band means to me and how much they've meant to me for years now getting to listen to not only this song but all of rouge carpet disaster was just one of the coolest moments of my entire life in 2022 um I believe the album was announced and the release date of May 18th uh coincided with the release of Such a Shame as a single. This track is just very emotionally gripping. I think apple Appleyard kind of had this canvas to really like showcase himself aside from being just a great screamer but also this really impactful vocalist and lyricist. Everything came together so well for Such a Shame and It's definitely one of my favorite songs of Rouge Carpet Disaster and, you know, at large, one of my favorite songs from last year. Number 30 was Salt by The Devil Wears Prada. So even as somebody who definitely champions and prefers older Prada material like On Plagues and With Roots Above, the shift and the changes that this band has been making ever since the act, it, it cannot be understated and it cannot be overlooked. Salt is the perfect example of how to take a certain style of metalcore, mature it and give it this new breath of air without ever once compromising the band's identities or any of the strengths of the members. I think Salt has great pacing all throughout it. The that opening section feels so impactful and it it carries that same weight to it every time it comes back in. The chorus getting to be like fully realized the second time around, it is just remarkable and sensational. I have a blast hearing this song. I had a blast listening to it live last month on the Metalcore Dropouts Tour. Just a fucking stellar song altogether. And another case for The Devil Wears Prada being one of the greatest bands that we will ever see in the scene. Number 29 was Live Like This by Silverstein featuring Nothing Nowhere. What I just said about Prada being able to mature their sound, you can also take that and apply it to Silverstein, because they're doing the same thing. There's not as big of a scope on them, I feel like, as Prada or even other bands who are kind of, you know, diving into um, those chances and those risks. But Silverstein are just knocking it out of the fucking park every chance they get. I really enjoy this track because of the way that the verses like really scale themselves back and not just for Nothing Nowhere's verse but then also the initial one by Shane it's just this perfect balance of you know a very soothing and composed verse and then mix in this chorus that is fucking radio ready and just made to be like sang at the top of everybody's lungs it is a remarkable time and my favorite thing that Silver got to do last year. Number 28 was Outcast vs. Everyone by Destroy Rebuild until God shows featuring Brandon Savage. I didn't really know what to expect with Drugs returning last year, and I feel like overall the album Destroy Rebuild maybe didn't necessarily meet certain expectations that I had set for myself, given that, you know, this is a Craig Owens project and I consider Craig to be one of the greatest vocalists of our time. Outcast vs. Everyone, though, it definitely like Checked off these boxes that I I never really know that I'm looking for out of drugs or chiodos or anything else that he does. It's very relaxed, and that's not usually something that I associate with Craig's music, but it works here, and so does the verse by Brennan. It, it all just feels like so special, and for me to still have that feeling for a band fronted by somebody who you know I've idolized since I was like 10 years old 11 years old whatever it might be that's really really cool and I, i i admire that so much about this song number 27 was bad things by i prevail it was a huge year for i prevail and a huge year not just in terms of like the metrics and the success that the band found with not only the true power album but then also the true power tour they just sounded better they sounded the most refined that they ever have in my opinion i thought that bad things was a track that It kind of, you know, scaled back a lot of the heavier elements behind I Prevail, but it made way for a song that was just really, really catchy, so easy to be invested in and get lost in, and I had a great time with bad things, and I stand by this being my favorite song off of the album. Number 26 was Stamina by Dead Lakes. I believe what I said last year on this show, when I said Stamina was, number 26 was that, this selection was so fucking nasty. And I said that because Stamina had been out for like, got five days, six days maybe before I made the decision to have it placed this high. And yeah, it, it was very much so a, you know, spontaneous thing, recency bias to the fucking depths of the world. But still, I stand by it. And I stand by it because I believe Dead Lakes made an even bigger case this year about their status as one of the best bands in the scene one of the most overlooked the kind of band who people will be looking at dead lakes and in the coming years and think like you know where was this band or why didn't anybody tell me about this band brother they've been there you just weren't paying attention uh stamina was the kind of song that really emphasized that for myself and again i had no issue at all putting it this high and i still would stand by that Number 25 was Aching Longing by Holding Absence featuring Loki from Alpha Wolf. I mentioned the split EP earlier that Alpha Wolf and Holding Absence did last year. Aching Longing was, in my opinion, the most prolific part of the EP and also just the most cathartic. I've said so many times before about the the emotional grip that a Holding Absence song has on myself. Aching Longing was no different. It just, it, it was so euphoric in everything that it did instrumentally it was a great time lyrically it was even better somehow while still being so you know just like really fucking like cutting and unapologetic the way that i ask for any holding absence song to do um towards the end of the track where lucas is just repeating over and over again there's so much life to live and i lost my lust for it there's so much love to give but i've given everything it's it's a hell of a time It, it really really is and holding absence with this song here last year then a few songs this year as well just continue to make a case for why they are one of the best bands that we all should be really supporting and championing out there number 24 was bleed the dream by four in hands i talked about separation souvenir earlier and i think bleed the dream which is the title track for the ep that four in hands put out it kind of It says and accomplishes a lot of the same things, but I think Bleed the Dream, this song here specifically, just had a little bit more of this nostalgic tint when it came to, you know, myself in this current day and age identifying with what I would have been listening to growing up on MySpace, and I feel like Bleed the Dream, it's tailor-made for that sound, it's just so energetic and chaotic and catchy and emotional and just every one of these elements that i ask for you know throwback metalcore or post hardcore to really channel bleed the dream had it in in abundance and i was so thankful for this song and i might actually move it up beyond 24 now that i look at it and it's it's kind of the song that really really let me understand just how important foreign hands would be to myself not just For the coming months, but I would imagine the coming years Because they have not let up whatsoever Number 23 was Cancer by The Devil Wears Prada I haven't gone back to cancer A lot, and that's Because of the Subject matter behind the song And, you know, what it means And just to kind of give like a little bit of a Synopsis of sorts This song here, Cancer It's essentially saying that You hope somebody close to you passes away from cancer as opposed to something like you know suicide or an overdose or anything like that it's really really heavy in that aspect and it's really hard to get through and so i don't go back to it too often but just the way that this song you know kind of navigates its themes and ideas and it being the closer for color decay it all came together perfectly and it's one of the Just most like gutting and and emotional journeys that any band took me on last year and again even if i don't go back to it too often i'm fucking thankful for it number 22 was cubicle dialogue by static dress this was the closer off of rouge carpet disaster which was my 2022 record of the year and i feel like i went back to cubicle dialogue this year more than any other static dress song from 2022 and for that reason, I kind of, I, I kind of go back and forth in my head about if Cubicle Dialogue should have made it higher on the list as opposed to just 22. You know, could it have been top 15 or 10 or even top five? It, it might have had a case for doing that. And so, I, I think I would move Cubicle Dialogue up a lot higher. It, it just has everything that I look for in a status song, and really just anything that I look for in like. You know, a throwback metalcore style song to begin with. It's just so remarkable and enchanting for all the right reasons. And I really, really love it. Number 21 was Casualty by Mothika. I believe Mothika has a world of talent at her disposal. But in everything that she has done with her discography, Casualty is the song that I turn to and I think this is like otherworldly in terms of The quality, the production, the pacing of it, the flow, the catchiness, everything came together. It it was like a real stars-aligning type moment when it came to Casualty. And it's the song that I think of whenever Mothika's name comes to mind. I catch myself still to this day singing that chorus, you know, over and over again ad nauseum. And I don't anticipate that stopping, ever. Casualty is one of those songs from last year that... Had a real impact on me and a, a lasting impression and that's going to uh, be sustained for a lifetime i believe number 20 was parachute by vanish vanish have existed pretty under the radar their entire careers and that was no different last year off of the ep act 4 savior in my opinion one of the best eps last year one of the best eps of the entire decade thus far and i feel like I'm kind of speaking that to, you know, deaf ears in some ways because I don't believe as many of you guys listen to this EP as you really should have. And I would suggest listening to Parachute as like the intro song to this EP and in totality, this band, if you're unfamiliar with Vanish and their work. Parachute is this very like oddly composed song in the sense that it's kind of broken up into different layers and each layer blends so well into the next like that really quiet intro and initial verse being able to carry over seamlessly into this very like fiery and energetic chorus vanish really did show me a lot on parachute and again the ep as a whole but parachute is the song that really really captivated me and really moved me and really made a case for why vanish was in my opinion one of the best bands overall in 2022 Number 19 was Panic Again by MNYS. Possibly the slowest and softest song in the top 50. I would have to really think about that, but I think that's true. Um, Panic Again just had like this really emotional stranglehold on me, um, initiating last spring and then all throughout the rest of the year. It was a song similar to what I said earlier about uh, Take We Need by Ozeisha. Panic Again just came into my life at the right time and it was the exact right song that i I really needed and it's so so deeply like engraved in my brain in terms of uh, again the time that i heard it i actually um i remember when i first heard this song i looked up the lyrics because i really needed like clarification on some things and just to kind of like see it uh, mapped out to me in front of my face um I still have that tab open uh, on my my browser on my phone. I never deleted it because I, I recognize what this song did for me and how um, just moved I was by the lyrics and, and how I, I can't visualize my life at, at that time and then moving forward without panic again, without that really soothing voice of MNYS and then just the instrumentation that backs him that is like so minimalistic but it's all that he really needed to channel these varying emotions into panic again it is an outstanding song a perfect song i would actually move it higher than 19 now that i if i could go back and do that because this is one of the most important songs not just of last year but probably that i've ever heard in my life number 18 was love it when you hate me by avril lavigne featuring black bear this was a very like um You know two sections of my life clashing in a way two different time periods because avril was somebody who was really instrumental into me becoming a part of the scene or getting into the scene back in 2002 when i was seven years old and then nowadays like i said earlier black bear is in my opinion the most consistent artist in the entire scene landscape right now if not just you know one of the top three most and so, having them be on this song, that in its own right meant a lot to me. And then the song being as good as it was, it, in my opinion, that just really solidified it immediately back in January 2022 for being a song that was going to stick with me throughout the entire year. And man, did it fucking ever. Like, Love It When You Hate Me is the kind of song that, like, you don't forget where you were when you first heard it, at least in my case. Uh, I can remember where I was, I can remember the experience I had, the emotions that I felt, and then, you know, still throughout the entire year, had this song resonate with me just as impactfully as it did the first listen. Like that is really special and I I cherish this song in a lot of ways. Number 17 was Peel by Mood Ring. Mood Ring really just showed up and left a, a really big imprint on my listening habits last year. I didn't discover them last year, but the album Stargazer was that first moment where it felt like what they were what they were producing sonically was finally clicking with my brain, and Peel was maybe the biggest example of why I believe that they were so superior last year in comparison to a lot of their contemporaries. I think Peel is the kind of song where it might not give you like the biggest insight into the overall scope and sound of mood ring i feel like there are other tracks on the album that can uh, do a better job at that but none of them in my opinion did a better job at really like enlightening my life and enchanting my surroundings the way that peel did I i love the pacing of it that riff at the uh at the intro of it and just how like it feels frantic and fast paced without ever actually being that it's a very like holding your hand type of song and just guiding you through this very uh, tumultuous scenario, I, th- I think Peel is a really powerful song in that regard, and it's the song that really like allowed me to I- embrace Mood Ring the way that I have, and I'm really thankful for that because Mood Ring continued to be one of the most impressive bands in the scene. Hunter continues to be one of the most standout vocalists that we have today, and. I don't know if I reached those conclusions the way that I did had it not been for Peel. Number 16 was Comatose by Coheed and Cambria. I say this with every ounce of respect in the world to Coheed and all of its members and all of its fans. This was a fluke. And what I mean by that is Coheed and Cambria is a band who I've always admired in a way and respected but i've never really been like a huge fan of like yeah they have songs here and there the suffering uh 10 speed favorite house atlantic that i find a lot of nostalgic elements in and i have a lot of um, favoritism towards but really nothing since then has uh, I, I, nothing since then have i gravitated towards you know maybe sounds like atlas and then um some other songs on that 2015 record there's the, the name of it's escaping room escaping me right now i can't talk i that's how much i'm flustered by fucking comatose's existence on this list comatose should not have happened but it did and i could not deny the quality of it i couldn't deny admitting to you guys what comatose meant for me and it's another time and place thing where you know hearing this song back in may of 2022 i really needed this but there's so much about comatose that resonated with me back then still resonates with me to this day. Never once do I skip this song if it comes up on Shuffle. It is one of the most incredible things Coheed and Cambria have done in their, you know, two decades plus career. And uh, again, couldn't lie to you guys. Could not deny the impact of Comatose and just how marvelous and sensational this fucking song is. Number 15 was Salt and Vinegar by Lights. Brother... There will never be a moment where a Lights release bores me or makes me, you know, wish that she had done something different with her sound or anything like that. Lights can produce any type of song at any moment that she wants to, and I will be there no matter what. I think Salt and Vinegar was the, in my opinion at least, the best song off of Pep. It has this really like curious and in some ways dark style to it it has like um very devious sounding verse and that leads into a chorus that isn't necessarily that much more upbeat but it just feels really vibrant and i think that's um Something that you can kind of trace throughout the entire song. And then the video does a good job at really capturing that magic, in my opinion, as well. Because it's essentially lights in a vending machine in the middle of like this pitch black area. And I think that's a great way to kind of paint the image of what the song sounds like. It's the light in the dark. It's the one weird element to Pep surrounded by these other strange ideas and compositions that might not make sense initially to you but once you listen to salt and vinegar once you become you know um like engrossed in the material here the way that i did it's all going to make sense and that's a great way to explain lights all together she's a generational talent there's no way for me to phrase it any other way and i think salt and vinegar was the biggest showcasing of that for herself last year number 14 was blindfolded by against the current i said earlier stamina by deadlakes made it into the top 50 despite having been out for like five minutes blindfolded might have been out for two minutes i can't cap but i I felt very comfortable and confident in placing it this high because of the track record of against the current because of how gravitated towards this band's material i have always been since hearing closer faster 10 years ago at this point point. And blindfolded really did an excellent job at continuing to build off of the sound that this band found for themselves off of the Fever EP from 2021. I think that was like the the number three or number two record of the year that year. Actually, it was number three. Now that I remember, um, Eternal Blue and um, Harwood. Uh, anyways, I this incarnation of the band is my favorite ever. Um, like the the heavier, more aggressive. Um, more, like, attitude-based style to Against the Current. I, I feel like that was their calling. I-, I love their, you know, more pop-oriented material off of Past Lives than uh, previously with In Our Bones. Like, th- that's a great fucking band, no doubt about it. But Fever onwards, this is a fucking animal of a band. And I think Chrissy is one of the most, like, profound vocalists in the scene today. She has one of the most powerful voices, And that all lended itself to the delivery of Blindfolded and just how how, how much I enjoy hearing the song and what it can do for the band moving forward. Like, I want this to be the foundation for what they do from here on out. And I think that's what we ended up getting, you know, hearing Good Guy and Silent Stranger this year. Against the Current have shown no signs whatsoever of slowing down their momentum, of trying out new things that might be at, at a risk or detriment to them they're fucking magicians and again all of that is why i was okay putting it this at number 14 and why still to this day i defend that ranking number 13 was right where you want me by mayfield very similarly to what i mentioned earlier about uh, panic again by MNYS. the time and place that i heard right where you want me that immediately elevated it so fucking astronomically in my eyes and my brain um right now lying next to me is my cat historia and i found her outside of the house i was living in at the time about two weeks before right where you want me released and i was just hearing this song and just thinking about it lyrically like it immediately became her song like, that's why I love this track so much. It's historia's song, at least for, you know, my own personal life. And I think about the moments in that month where I didn't know if she was going to live or not. I didn't know if she was going to be able to survive until I moved into my new apartment. And I just wanted her to be okay. Like, more than anything else at that time, I just wanted her health and her safety to be reassured and i'm getting like way too deep now and this is like steering away from the actual track which i'll get back into but that's a bit of the backstory of why the song was so important to me right away because of how closely i associated it to this cat who i fucking love with all of my heart and she is one of the most important entities in the world to me um when i get into the song itself though mayfield I i feel like they still have yet to really receive their flowers from the scene. And I was hoping that the EP they dropped this or late in 2022, Cabin Fever, could have been what um, you know, initiated the conversation. And I don't think it did, which is disappointing. But if you're hearing this now and you've never given Mayfield a chance, right where you want me is a song that you need to go out of your way to hear as soon as you can. I think this track, it deviates from what they were doing previously and it's a lot more like pop punk based than anything else, but it's very emotional pop punk. It's not the kind of pop punk that um, I think of whenever that genre comes to mind. It's, It's fucking excellent and it's outstanding and it's so goddamn catchy and very gripping and it weighs so heavily on my shoulders, but it's the kind of weight and pressure that i'm thankful for like i'm really glad that a song has the ability to make me feel the way that right we want me did and still to this day it is so important to me it is as important to me right now as it was back hearing it in april 2022 for the very first time number 12 was i fell in love with someone i shouldn't have by hot milk oh brother what the okay um another time and place thing this track helped me so much Because I was dealing with some shit over somebody who I should not have fallen for, but I did. And so that's kind of the correlation to this song and my attachment to it and the meaning behind it and whatever else, yada, yada, yada. Um, But aside from that, I personally view this as the pinnacle of Hot Milk's discovery so far. Hot Milk is a band who I I sense a lot of potential in and sometimes that potential you know, might not be totally fulfilled off of their other projects, and then even this EP, for that matter, The Kings and Queens of Gasoline. But I Fell in Love with Someone I Shouldn't Have is everything that I want this band to be, and it is everything that I believe they excel at. It's just fun. Despite the, you know, admittedly cheesy nature of the song's lyrical meaning, it's a great fucking time. And I I can never have, like, this you know, grotesque outlook on love or anything like that when hearing this track. It's so special to me, and it's very catchy. I believe um, the dueling vocal performance was one of the best last year, one of the best that Hot Milk have ever done. It's an amazing song, and I love it so much. And I st- still fucking, you know, I would take a bullet for this song, still to this day. Number 11 was Whispers of Your Death by Counterparts. I already talked about my cat, the story earlier. I have my other cats, Levi and Armin. Um, and I mentioned cats because, if you guys do not know, this song was written for uh, Kuma, who was Brennan Murphy's um, cat. Uh, Brennan is what was the counterparts. Um, Kuma very, very sadly passed away um, a little bit before this record released in October of 2022. And it it did it actually did do a lot to kind of in my mind emphasize the meaning of the song and to you know relate to myself because I've experienced loss before with cats um, I know that I'm going to again one day and it's not something that I want to think about but it's just the reality of the situation you know we live and we die it's it's how it goes um, but for Brendan to be able to take this very like deep seated songs from his heart and channel it into a track that It retains all of the elements that I love about Counterparts, it's very all over the place and chaotic while still being controlled, it's catchy at the same time, it's just a remarkable song. I got to hear this for the first time live recently on Metalcore Dropouts, and just screaming these lyrics out loud with, with Brandon and everybody around me, it was one of the most cathartic experiences I've ever had at a live setting for a concert, and it's a song that's going to stick with me forever. And it will mean a lot to me for the rest of my life, and I can't really do anything but just thank Brandon for being so open and honest about a really dark period of his life. And, you know, it helped me a lot, and it continues to. Number 10 was Love's Not Your Thing by Sharia Moore. I will never run out of great and complimentary things to say about Sharia Moore. They have been a pillar band for me and a highlight band for two and a half years now, ever since first hearing Burn back in June of 2021. Um Love's Not Your Thing. It ended up being my favorite song off of Spiritual Ascension, and to me that's not really surprising given the nature of this track, how well it paces itself. There's a very specific part of the second pre-chorus that when I first heard it, that was the moment where I was like This is going to be a song that sticks with me for a long time, and it's probably going to end the year in a very high ranking for the year endless. Um, And it's kind of a a hard portion of the song to explain. All that really happens is the, um, the instrumentation slows down a little bit and you can hear Trey just like saying, um, love is not your thing. Love is not your thing. And like this weird cadence and tone, but it works. I I don't know how but it just fucking works and this song just channels every bit of the spirit and the passion of Sharia Moore that made me a fan of theirs to begin with it is everything that I could ask for them to be and it is everything that spiritual ascension ended up amounting to last year because that was one of my favorite albums of the whole year this is one of my favorite songs of the year Sharia Moore is one of my favorite bands in the world today and I am eternally grateful for them delivering what they have in the manner that they have at the time that they have number nine was pity party by Stan Atlantic featuring Royal and the serpent so this was one of the first songs I heard in 2022 and just immediately I understood the gravity of this song and just how impactful it was and how it took the formula of Stan Atlantic that I believed has worked from time to time prior to Fear and just kind of turned it on its head. Like, this song is very oddly structured, and it's so unapologetic. Like, even, you know, considering the lyricism, fuck you and your fucking pity party, just having that be the hook, like, that is some baller-ass shit. And I really do vibe with that. I think the chorus is excellent. Royal and Serpent's verse is... Just so complimentary to Bonnie's and I think this was the kind of amalgamation of ideas and characters that really paid off dividends for Stand Atlantic and Royal and the Serpent. And there was no way this song was going to rank anywhere outside of the top 10. I knew that almost immediately hearing it in January last year. Number 8 was Be Happy by Sleeping With Sirens featuring Royal and the Serpent what is better than one royal and serpent feature two royal and the serpent features bro um royal and serpent ended up being like one of the most prolific artists for this podcast last year i didn't really expect that and in that same vein i did not expect sleeping sirens to deliver what is in my opinion the best album of their careers to date in fucking 2022 like complete collapse being as good as it was it's it's existential like that's really really what it comes down to for myself and be happy was the pinnacle of this entire album for myself um i I think that the pacing of the song and how it really like scales back that first verse to make way for this very powerful chorus where kellen is just singing his heart out and doing so in a way that is so characteristic to him but it's a little bit different with "Be Happy." Like I believe so much of what he's saying in "Be Happy," I believe all of it. Um, I think that second verse with "World and Serpent" is like I said about um, what she did with Bonnie's voice in um, "In Pity Party." It matches and mirrors Kellen's voice so fucking well to a fucking tee, and it, it's this combination that really helped make "Be Happy" what it was, and be in my opinion, one of the best songs ever made by Sleeping of Siren. I would actually move this song higher in the top 10. I'm talking like maybe top 5, top 3 even. Like, Be Happy is one of my most listened to songs this year from last year, and I would anticipate that being the case every year moving forward. Number 7 was Broken by The Devil Wears Prada. I've said on this episode already about the... um the progression of the Devil Wars Prada and how they knew when to change their sound on the act and then how Color Decay really like added these extra layers to Prada that I didn't know that they were or, or not not that I never knew they were capable of necessarily, but I didn't know that they were going to you know make this case for themselves for being one of the most well-evolved band the scene has ever had. I think "Broken" is this really beautiful and um, you know somehow at the same time malevolent song that I I see myself in, and I get so lost in the spirit of "Broken" and the melody of this song and the themes of it and everything that it speaks to in regards to my personal life. "Broken" just became this song that I couldn't imagine my year last year without it. I can't imagine the flow of Color Decay without it. It is one of the staples for myself of The Devil Wars Prada. And for them to be able to make a song like that and at large make an album like that in 2022, almost 20 years after the band's inception, that is fucking special. And we should never, ever overlook what The Devil Wars Prada did for themselves and what they have done for all of us. Number six was Slaughterhouse by Motionless and White, featuring Brian Garrison from Knocked Loose. I'm just going to go ahead and say it now. This should be higher, like as high as number two even on the list, because Slaughterhouse is one of the most ferocious and impactful metalcore songs released all decades so far, in my opinion. It is one of the best songs Motionless and White have ever produced. Just right away, the, the, the manner in which Brian brings his song in break down the wall again and the just wave of music that that brings forth to all of us the trading of chris's vocals with brian's the very catchy and meaningful chorus like this song it never once lets up it never loses its momentum it has so many standout moments that compete with each other for you know, the best overall moment of the song, one mutilation under God, the breakdown, Brian coming in towards the end of the song and bringing it to all of us, that final, like, slow down breakdown, it is a masterpiece of a song. And getting to hear it live recently, with Brian on stage with Chris, that was one of the coolest fucking experiences of my life. Slaughterhouse is everything that it claims to be. It has taken on a life of its own, that was so well-earned and well-deserved because of the quality of this track Slaughterhouse is fucking powerful and it cannot be denied and again, like I said, this should be higher Number 6 does not do it enough justice This is at the very fucking least the third or second best song of all of last year and I fucked up not putting it higher Number 5 was Past the Nirvana by Pierce DeVell The long-awaited comeback single for the band and i don't believe it sounded even remotely close to what anybody expected it to it strips away a lot of the traditional elements of pierce the veil and if you had told me that before hearing the song i might have gone in like you know expecting to not really like it that much but for some reason this very the fuck is happening outside can y'all hear that i'm not editing this out by the way because i don't have that kind of time but um that was crazy. Respect Pastor Nirvana? Respect Pierce Devel? Um, This very like grunge-based sounding song, it didn't steer me away at all. It, 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 If anything, I kind of gravitated towards this song more for that reason. Because it existed in a world of its own. Because I couldn't compare it to any Pierce DeVille song beforehand. It was so... Um, Like, it had its own pulse, it had its own heartbeat, and I admired that so much. And then on top of this band taking that really big risk, the song is fucking excellent, in my opinion. It is so anthemic. I remember hearing it live on the True Power Tour, and in that moment, I understood, like this song was made for a live setting like this is meant to be sang out loud this is meant to be experienced with a sea of people around you who are into this band for the same reasons that you are it's a really really amazing song and you know there's a conversation to be had about the jaws of life that we'll get into in a few weeks i would imagine but What I want to say, at least right now, about Pierce the is that in 2022, they came back with Past Nirvana and just fucking kicked the door wide open for themselves, and I love that for them. Number four was Dissenter by Static Dress featuring King Yosef. So, I don't know if this sticks today. I don't know if I would still put Dissenter at number four, or if I move a different Static song in its spot, like such a shame or cubicle dialogue or Courtney, just relax or anything else off of Rouge Carpet Disaster. But what I will say about Dissenter is I have this really, really big connection for this song. I remember back in January of 2022 when the song came out, um, you know, sitting down at a Starbucks and like uh, reviewing some music while also job hunting and, just kind of being really down on myself about the whole situation that I found myself in. And there was something about Dissenter that really helped ease my nerves and really calm me down. And I think it was the, the portion of the first verse where everything kind of like scales itself back, and all you can hear are like these faint guitar noises, these faint like a rim snare hits on the drums, and then Ali Yard is almost like serenading you, the listener, and... It's this really enchanting sounding portion of the song that I think is the great counterpart to just how catchy the chorus is, how powerful it sounds. The heaviness that you get out of not only Ollie's screams, but then also King Yosef's during the second verse. King Yosef was the perfect like partner in crime of sorts for ollie on this track and actually the more that i'm explaining dissenter's reasoning for being here it probably sticks i don't know what i'm saying but um dissenter is fucking amazing and static dress was the best band for myself last year uh Rouge cover disaster was the record of the year and everything that Dress did in 2022 in my eyes cemented them as one of the greatest bands of all time and I, I'm so confident in saying that about a young man. Number three was "Love Sick" by Varsity. When it comes to putting out songs that find the blend between metalcore and R and I honest to God, believe that "Love Sick" might be my favorite song that has ever been made in that genre and within those genre lines. There is something so special about lovesick and i don't know exactly what i would put my finger on it as being i'm not sure if it is the like the slow initial verse and the way that joey just allows his voice to be so soothing to the listener i don't know if it's the chorus that comes in and how it's so profound without joey really needing to raise his voice there's something about lovesick that makes it stand out and it made it so like prevalent in my life from January last year onwards. Getting to hear this song live recently as part of um, the secrets headliner. That was a moment in time. I'll never forget being able to be literally at barricade and just get to sing this song out loud with Joey and the rest of the band and everybody else around me. That's the kind of shit that like, you know, makes me, remember why i fell in love with music in the first place and why specifically c music is the thing that i've dedicated so much of my life to lovesick is the kind of song that you know it it makes everything make sense to me and maybe that's the factor that really brings this song so close to my heart but regardless of what it is lovesick is a tremendous fucking song i think the best song in the discography of varsity and i will never ever ease up on my love for lovesick number two was lights on by yours truly i exposed myself as a bit of a fraud when it came to putting the song in number two and the reason that i say that is because you guys know that thing that i do every week on social media scenic overlook where i rank my 10 favorite songs from that week and then whatever song is number one gets put into this list at the end of every year um lights on did not make it into scenic overlook the week that it released back in march 2022 I heard the song, I listened to it, I reviewed it, but it wasn't in Scenic Overlook. It was only a part of the episode where I'm like, Hey, these were the other singles from last week that I listened to. You know, I I did not give Lights On It's Flowers until July of last year when the um, Is This What I Look Like EP was released. And I, I feel bad about that in a way. Because I had a chance at, you know, really explaining to you guys early on what this song really means to me and i didn't understand what it even fucking meant to me when i first heard it it took some time for that to really settle in but once it settled in lights on became a fucking monster it became in my opinion the best song ever released by yours truly it became one of the best songs of the decade so far that kind of skirts around the genre lines of pop punk it is just an emphatic song i admire it so much Again, getting to hear it live even made it better for myself. And I just could not deny the impact whatsoever of Lights On. I couldn't deny what this band achieved. I couldn't deny the cadence and the um, the confidence that Michaela Delgado sings this song with. It is so goddamn special. I love everything about Lights On. It really, really made an impact on my life and made a lasting impression. And still to this day, that chorus of is this what i look like with the lights on has been just embedded in my brain it is a part of my thinking pattern every fucking day of my life and lights on is one of the most important songs i've ever heard and i cannot thank yours truly enough for what they did with this song number one was strangers by bring me the horizon and i stand by that i maintain that Strangers was the best song I heard all of last year and I would even say that Strangers is a top 5 or top 3 song of the decade so far Strangers, I remember listening to the premiere of it on BBC One Radio back in July of 2022 and just kind of walking around uh, my apartment which was still kind of new to me at that time and just getting to hear all of these very emotional and very captivating little messages throughout the song in the lyrics and understanding that like we really are just a room full of strangers like this earth is just one big fucking little microscopic corner of the universe where a lot of us don't know each other we don't know the shit that we go through but we have to coexist we have to you know be a part of one another in certain moments and understanding that and then understanding like there are live audiences that have been able to sing this song and there might not be a more meaningful bring me the horizon song in their set list than strangers because again you literally genuinely fucking are in a room full of strangers but it doesn't matter at that point because you're all there for the same reason you're all there because you sure a love for music you sure a love for Me" the horizon you sure a love for this medium that has brought all of us together and that is so goddamn beautiful to really think about um Strangers is as catchy of a song as Bring of the Horizon have ever released, as meaningful to my life as a song they've ever released, it's just, it made my year. And that's ultimately why it ended up being number one. I, I could've gotten cute and been like, you know, Lights On or Lovesick or Slaughterhouse or Passing Nirvana was number one, and maybe there were like glimpses of time in my brain where I entertained the thought of those songs being number one, but at the end of the day, there was no way I was going to lie to you guys. And even if Strangers ended up being the predictable answer, if you know how much Bring Me the Horizon mean to me, it was the right answer for myself. It was the only answer I could have given. And I'm saying that still to this day, I maintain that Strangers by Bring Me the Horizon was the 2022 song of the year. And that's it. That was my retrospective look at the top 50 list for last year when it came to the songs. And you know, I kind of outlined what I would move up, what I would change in the rankings from songs that were already here. Um, are there any songs that I would put in top fifty that weren't there? Um, yeah. Um, I keep saying I'm um a lot. I apologize for that. There is a very noticeable lack of bad omens in the top fifty, and maybe that's maybe that wasn't a bad thing at the time in 2022, but understanding now what this band means to me and how important they have been to my 2023, they should definitely be up there. Whether it's Like a Villain or Concrete Jungle or um Artificial Suicide, Nowhere to Go, Take Me First, even Just Pretend. I understand how overplayed Just Pretend is by this point, but like these songs are as big as they are for reasons, because they're just that fucking good. So, there definitely should be one or two or three Bad Omen songs on this list. Um, Another song that should be here, but I didn't listen to it in 2022, so that's my own fault, I lost out on that, is All My Life My Heart Has Yearned For A Thing I Cannot Name By Harm. Harm is one of the most impressive bands in the world right now. I think they're a band who is really taking like this nostalgic and aged style of metalcore and really giving it a new breath of fresh air. Like putting a new spin on this genre that will always mean so much to me. And that song should have been top 50. It could have even been top 10. Like that's how much that song means to me. And you know there are other little things here and there that I can point out about the list, about like oh you know what about this band, what about this song, or whatever else. But um, it's all arbitrary at this point. So that's the crux of what I really wanted to do with this episode: just you know tell you guys what my headspace was last year and if anything would really change. And that's kind of um, it's a way for me to like really align the thoughts in my brain and understand. What is the goal for this year's top 100 list? What am I trying to achieve? What songs do I believe should be there? What songs have left a real impression on me? What songs fucking mean something to me? And I do believe I have the right idea. I do believe that what I'm thinking in my head right now is what this podcast deserves and what it has amounted to this year. And that the top 100 list that I post in a couple of weeks on this show, it is definitive and true to my heart and my head and everything that my personal taste for music brings to me and how important all of that is in the end if you couldn't tell um talking for about an hour now has kind of done something to my voice so i'm gonna go try and um remedy that and calm that down thank you for listening i hope you guys enjoyed this episode and as always for the love of the game Let's make a scene.